Hi, welcome to the Theta Game Podcast, the official podcast at ThetaGame.com. I'm your host, Juni, and thanks for tuning in. These are only my opinions, and anything said in this podcast and future podcasts should not be considered financial advice. I have stock positions in Luck and Coffee, Datadog, Match, Snapchat, and Twitter. Hey, 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 how's everybody doing? Um, earnings season is back on track. Um, this week is namely uh, the bank week. Uh, we have one airline, uh, but we'll get into that. Um, just want to go and say, if you played Bed Bath & Beyond uh, last week for earnings, even if you were a Theta Gang, you would have gotten destroyed. Um, and the IV was pretty high, so I, I don't even know if puts paid out, um, especially if you bought it post-earnings because uh, it's bounced back since then. So, or not bounced all the way back, but you're, if you bought puts after it gapped down that much on opening bell, you would you'd be pretty broke right now, <laughs> not going to lie. Um, so that's why we don't choose sides and that's why we don't, um, you know, uh, you know, try to make, uh, boneheaded guesses because, uh, I could imagine, uh, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, last week had a horrible earnings report and then, you know, some new trader, uh, goes up and says, you know what? I don't believe in that company. Uh, I'm going to go buy puts on that. Uh, and they go and buy puts and it does this little bounce and now they're out like a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand dollars, right? Uh, d definitely depends on the size of the guess, but it goes to show even if something horrible happens, maybe like a bad earnings call, don't just jump in and randomly pick a position and pretend that like you were, you were bearish on that stock for like the, your whole life, right? Uh, it's just not healthy. All right. Speaking of earnings, uh, today is the 13th. If you're listening to this, the first day it is out, and there's nothing big going on January 13th. So moving on to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. On Tuesday, you have J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, and Citibank. On Wednesday, you have Bank of America and Goldman Sachs and U.S. Bank Corp. And on Thursday, you have Morgan Stanley. Um, this entire month is filled with lots of lots of good earnings. Um, to play, you know, maybe iron condors off of or sell puts on uh, if you're using my sort of trading style. Uh, but as you can tell, this very first week is uh, just like financials and banks. Uh, so they set the precedent of like, you know, how are the interest rates doing? Are they hurting banks? Are they uh, this or that? So this week, not too much. I probably won't be playing anything um, just because, uh, you know, uh, IV or implied volatility on bank stocks are pretty low. So the payout uh, and risk versus value ratio just isn't quite there for me. But I'll be keeping an eye on everything. All right. Uh, let's go and talk about how my plays for the week went. Um, I opened up my very first few trade alert trades that are available on my Patreon or at least signing up for the trade alerts is available on Patreon. Um, and so I closed my Amazon one for, you know, a positive of $44 and my LK of $40, uh, both of which are the plus 40% trigger. And I can't, I couldn't be happier because this means, you know, not only, um, are Patreons or <laughs> Patreons, patrons getting back their membership value, but they've also doubled up on the, on the initial, uh, first two trades. Right. So that, that feels really, really good. I feel like a lot of pressure is off my back. Um, though I do have a target position out and a Facebook position out and a LK position out, uh, that my patrons do in fact know about, uh, that I hope to close this week, uh, with futures being up pretty bigly right now. Um, though you should never count on futures being too accurate for what's going to happen. Um, and then also closed a Pinterest, uh, naked put, 
uh, or short naked put on Pinterest uh, for plus 50% earlier this week, uh, which I had opened quite a while ago, uh, and it finally hit the plus 50% mark. Um, and it's it's good to note also that I have not quite lost a trade um, in a in a while. Uh, it's a little bit worrying, uh, but you know I'm just gonna stick and keep on doing what I'm doing. Uh, just to note that I could have lost a good amount if I had closed some of these when things got hot with Iran. That was definitely like in the air um, when you know all that tension stuff was happening. But as I said on my Twitter, um, if you know something like that happens where you know market tensions arise and uh, start people start being like bearish and you know things go off track then just do less of what is already working don't change what you're doing like if i had said okay i'm gonna close my um naked puts and i'm gonna sell naked calls well i would be totally totally bent over right now right so what i chose to do instead was continue selling puts or what, whatever variation I have for my open positions I have right now. And I'm up. I, in fact, all my triggers are popping off and my patrons are like are benefiting. I'm benefiting. My portfolio is benefiting. And the best part is my my mindset is good, right? Like I feel like I finally found the trading style that really works for me. And until it stops working, I'm going to keep doing it. Something bad happens in the market, uh, do it less. It keeps on, I keep getting losers, I will change up my strategy. I'm absolutely open to changing my trading style, but I just need to see a macro shift first. Not not this like doomsday talk or like sprinkle in some more, sprinkle in some all-time high talk. No, I need to see macro level trends change. All right, uh, moving on, I have a bullet point here on my script that says, uh, what will I do? Um, this week or, you know, this month, I'll be, you know, probably playing earnings if the IV or implied volatility gets high enough on my favorite stocks. Um, but more importantly, uh, I want to start getting more and more into the Becky index. I've, I've really felt like that's actually been like one of the best parts of my portfolio is that like just relying on the whole Becky index. And if you guys don't know, just listen to the previous podcast. You'll eventually get caught up. Um, I think those stocks are, are honestly some of the home runs, um, of this 2020 year. Uh, it just feels super safe to be inside retail, um, moving away from, uh, uh, not stock, but it's moving away from like tech. Um, you know, there's the growth plays, like I've mentioned on Lucking Coffee and Datadog, but you need to balance that out with something, right? And so I think balancing it out with Becky, Becky stocks like Ulta, Apple, well, Apple's tech, yeah, I get it, but it's Apple. Um, and then there's uh, Starbucks, um, anything that Becky would use. Uh, I would recommend buying if you need it. I I remember a few podcast episodes ago. Um, I mentioned something about luck and coffee, and you know this DD I saw about um, you know coffee beans getting cheaper, but people are willing to spend more on them because pe- people are making more money and people are you know be more leisurous, luxurious, luxurious. Whoa, what is that word, bruh? Okay, whatever. People are willing to spend more money. Um, and coffee beans prices are getting lower, but I didn't stop there. My main reason why I picked up Luckin Coffee was because I needed China exposure. So I picked up, you know, 100 shares. They did amazing 
if you had bought the same time I bought, you would have made a couple grand. Well, it absolutely depends on how many you bought. But um, yeah, I, I feel like that was my call of the year. So that I thought that was that was really good. Though they will be called away at thirty-seven dollars because I sold a naked call because I thought it wouldn't reach that high. But it's all right because when your shares get called away, hell, you made money, and I can't complain. I'm starting off uh, 2020 very green, and I'm very thankful. Uh, so yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the next bullet point. The Patreon $40 tier is now sold out. I cannot believe it. Thank you guys so much for uh, signing up if you already have. Otherwise, the $50 and $60 tier is still available. I'll go ahead and bore you guys with the perks of the Patreon tiers uh, at the very end. Uh, just moving on to the next bullet point here. Um, you should mention you should mention on your podcast that Tastyworks is available in Australia. A lot of people don't realize you can trade American options here. Uh, this was sent to me by a listener in email uh, telling me that they use the Tastyworks uh, referral code. Um, the best part is uh, they're already a patron. So like he's just going uh, out of the way just to be even more supportive. I am uh, absolutely appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, there's your public PSA. If you are in Australia, um, then yeah, Tastyworks is available and you could trade American options from there. Um, though uh, you won't be able to qualify for the uh, perks uh, for ThetaGain.com because the uh, I believe uh, it counts as a Australian account and not a U.S. account, so you won't be able to uh, be a qualified referral user. Alrighty, uh, very last bullet point before we go into the next section here. Um, if you believe you've opened the A Tastyworks account with a ThetaGain referral code and you qualified for the benefits, uh, go ahead and email me at juni at ThetaGain.com. Again, uh, qualifications were to open a U.S. account with $2,000 minimum, uh, and then we'll go ahead and get your flair uh, and a one-month free trial of the trailer set up uh, so that you can see if you want to go ahead and grab a tier or not. Um, but again, thank you guys so much for everyone that has used the referral code, even the ones that have not uh, deposited. I feel like that, that that's just a huge flex on my part because I could go to Tastyworks and be like, hey, look at all these people that are interested and that, you know, trust me with my uh, brokerage of choice. I really do appreciate everything you guys do. Uh, you guys are so awesome. So, um, again, if you feel like you've qualified the $2,000 mark from a US with a U.S. account in Tastyworks using the referral code, email me at juni at thetagang.com. Ooh, this one's pretty cool. This section, new ThetaGang.com updates. All right. Um, many emails later. Uh, replies to threads. Uh, now have the newest comments at the bottom. Um, <laughs> I've gotten several emails asking me to put newer comments on the bottom because, you know, when you click on a trade and you get to see that comment chain, uh, people don't like to scroll all the way down and then scroll all the way up following the conversation, which I absolutely understand. And the programmer slash UX designer in me needs to, uh, you know, tell you why it was originally the opposite. So the reason why it was the opposite was because your boy likes to go on Wall Street Bets every now and then, and there's a the discussion thread. Though I don't really go on the discussion thread anymore. It's gotten really weird. It's like not the same like it used back in my day. Um, but you know, when you go to those discussion threads, uh, you always sorted by new, 
uh, it actually de definitely depended on how addicting or like how addicted you were to the subreddit. But you'd want you would want to see the newest things at top first, so you don't have to scroll all the way down. So that's how I treated my comment thread section. Uh, what I didn't realize was that when you click on a trade on thetygame.com. Uh, those were all conversations. They were not just like random posts or n random replies. People were interacting with each other in the trade or in the, yeah, the trade or comment thread. So um, having it go from top to bottom like a book uh, seems like it makes more sense. Um, you know, granted, other things start going to the mix, like different features, maybe different types of posts, maybe different types of replies. Then we'll go ahead and play around with, um, you know, maybe switching it back or some different type of sorting uh, algorithm. So all in all, uh, replies to threads are now top to bottom instead of bottom to top. Second change uh, coming from uh, Juni himself is there is now a arrow icon between the price opened and price closed uh, when you look at trades. Um, previously, uh, you know you were either getting an arrow or you were getting an empty box, and that was because your boy uh, was using uh, Unicode for you know the people that aren't nerds. Um, it's a cheap way to, you know, incorporate a symbol through text, um, but that wasn't rendering on all the browsers or rendering all the time for whatever reason because Unicode is weird sometimes. Uh, so I replaced that with an arrow. So ThetaGain.com looks a little bit more polished now, uh, at least the trades. Um, and then on top of all of this, uh, your boy put in a feature where you can now put closing notes. Uh, this was very very much uh, you know requested for and I even felt like I needed to uh, write some closing notes in some of my trades so hell why don't I you know make you know a lot of lives uh, feel better easier uh, by adding closing notes so not only can you open a trade and say you know maybe this is uh, you sold a call credit spread because RSI hit 80 and then you know when you close the trade and you put like a loss in your closing notes you could say uh, well, RSI hit 80, but I was still wrong. Oopsie, or something like that. You know what I mean? So, closing notes are going to be pretty cool. I'll be keeping an eye on how people use uh, closing notes. Maybe, you know, closing notes can transform into, um, you know, a rich text editor where you could write bullet points or summaries. But you got to think, like, whenever there is something that I add to the trading or opening of trades or closing of trades, I'm always thinking about how many more steps is this going to add to the entire workflow, right? I need to make it so that you want to open a trade and you know that it will be fast, right? That's that's the entire point of being able to log your trades is that it is a easy and fun process. So I hope you guys enjoy the feature. I'll be keeping an eye on it. Um, I know I'll be using it myself. Uh, patrons can always look at my trades and look at the opening DD and closing DD now uh, for all future trades. So that's pretty cool. All right, uh, today's episode is brought to you by the patrons on Patreon. Uh, they help support the podcast and website, and they went ahead and voted on today's topic. And today's topic is optimal date to expiration. Date to expiration is referring to how many days 
um, are left on the contract before it expires. Because as you know, as we've gone over many times on this podcast, uh, you know, options expire. Um, and if you are on the credit or theta gang side, that's a good thing. Um, you know, or if you're on the, you know, just the buying side or debit side, then you, uh, that's a, that's a bad thing. Um, if you want, uh, to know just the, you know, what the majority of people think is the correct amount of days that you should buy out um, for your options. Uh, the majority of people will believe that it is 45 days. And I believe that. I'm not going to have a contrary opinion about it. I think that that's like the optimal amount of days. I think that the people at Tastyworks that did the video on it, uh, that back tested all the trades since whatever year, um, that's way more DD than I would ever do in my entire life about data expiration uh, without just using anecdotal evidence. What I'm going to provide to you today on this episode is a like a real life view from a retail trader like myself, an average trader like myself, and how I view uh, data expiration and how I make it work with my trading strategy. So there are like three tiers of traders, right? Like there's like the active day trader. There is like the, you know, maybe the weekly trader that buys the weeklies and the FDs. Um, or maybe that's also considered an active trader, to be honest, because you, your heart is racing as soon as you enter one of those positions. Um, let, let's Yeah, let's let's bunch those up. So you have the active traders and the FD traders as like one tier. And then you have the medium tier for someone that maybe enters a position um, that does that recognizes that it's not a long position. Like they're not going to be in it for like a whole year, but th they have a thesis and they go in and then maybe they sit on it for a while. Um, that's, that's trader number two. Uh, and then trader number three is like the investor, right? They, they are in it for the long run. Um, <laughs> they just want to maximize all their gains by holding on to positions as long as they can um, and so forth. 45 days to expiration. Um, bringing that up earlier as Tastyworks recommends it um, is very much for trader number two, the one that's in the middle that you know isn't actively managing their position but has a thesis on a position and will react in case of something bad happens to the stock or something. Um, 45 days out, there's very little that happens to the stock um, or the stock option price that makes you like, I don't know, queasy. And, you know, <clears throat> it's really funny because if you're a veteran trader and you're listening to this, you're kind of like, why would you ever be queasy about some of the 45 days out? And I'm just, you know, making sure that I relate to my people, uh, to the people that are like new to options trading. Um, I I want to bring this up. If if Apple is currently trading at a hundred bucks, and say you bought no, I don't want to put it on you. Say I bought the call option for one hundred five, um, <coughs> that expires next Friday, and you bought the same one hundred five option, but maybe it expires in forty five days. If Apple went down five bucks, uh my option would be near worthless your option would still have value um a good amount of value uh just say because it can always go up before the time uh before the option expires it's it's a really hard thing to grasp um uh you know option pricing and how the price fluctuates um w without mentioning greeks but there is a very important Greek called gamma, and I'm I'm just, 
I am not going to teach you that in the car right now because you're going to fall asleep. But just imagine that the price of a stock option, not the price of the stock, but the stock option, the, the contract that you have and the contract that I have, mine is more sensitive to price action because the expiration is closer. That's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it could be bad. It could definitely always be good or bad. But just, just remember that the closer you are to the expiration date, the more the stock option price fluctuates and that's because time time is always a good thing if you are buying options you always want more time to be right for example if you know you and I were both bullish on Apple and say you know there's like this fire sale of like stock options where stock options were free and you and I got to pick one uh, but you and I had like a personal bet to see who uh, would be more likely to walk away green on the trade so uh, you know we're going down this aisle of grocery stores with options on the shelves and you say hey Junie I'm gonna pick this one this one expires next month um, and then I look around I'm saying uh, I look next to your box and this one expires in two months and there's this fire sale going on and they're both free which one would you want right like you want the insurance you want the time you would rather have the option that has more time on it but there's all it's also more expensive in this non fire sale world right people know that time is valuable and it's pricing the contract all right, and with that point made, let's go and go back to gamma. The closer you are to the option expiring, uh, the more sensitive the stock option price is. Uh, again, because you know we take that Apple at 100 example, and we both buy the 105 call. Yours expires um, next month. Mine expires next week. Uh, if Apple drops down five dollars. Well, my option price fluctuates way more in this case way down compared to yours because in your case Apple can bounce Apple can still go back up but I only have a week left so you know as price fluctuates as the date gets closer it becomes less and less probable uh, that it's going to bounce up or bounce back down depending on what side you pick right with uh, calls or puts um, but that's called gamma risk uh, I don't want to. I didn't want to bring up gamma um, or just any Greeks in general. But if you wanted to look it up, it's called gamma risk. Um, as you get closer to expiration, uh, you know the underlying price uh, it, it tends to fluctuate more, or is more sensitive to the price of the underlying stock. All right. Every I think everything ha has been simple enough. I think everything has been common sense. Now, here is where uh, things get pretty juicy and this is why 45 days will start to make sense and this actually ties into last week's episode which I think is fantastic okay so uh, you know that uh, the optimal date to expiration is somewhere around 45 days you also understand that as the expiration comes near and nearer uh, the expiration date um, the stock option price will fluctuate more and uh, you also know that time is valuable. Uh, option prices uh, or options that have more time on them are just inherently more valuable, uh, it, you know, given that they're at the same strike price. Okay, to wrap this all up, let's imagine, you know, 
like on an every week basis, you're opening more and more trades, like a lot of people are doing on the site right now. Um, in the long run, uh, because of this gamma risk, because of this price sensitivity, um, because you know, um, you know, anomalies happen, uh, you're you're prone to get wiped. Uh, you know, at every ten trades, maybe every fifteen trades, just due to this anomaly that happens, uh, and because you didn't have enough time. Uh, left onto the option, um, the option said, hey, uh, you don't have enough time for this bounce back, so I'm going to make this option price either worthless or really, really expensive, uh, which is also the attractive side of FDs. But, um, yeah, so that, that starts happening. Uh, but you never exited out uh, before the expiration or before it was attractive. Um, I think the reason why uh, 45 days is so good and just in case this is definitely in case if the last like two sentences didn't make sense sorry I drank too much coffee um, if you get a 45 day option if you set a 50% trigger on that thing uh, you should look to it uh, you know triggering around two weeks um, that's basically the mentality of it and it's like um, you know, you, you know me, I don't like picking sides. I don't like picking a direction uh, at any given time besides the market generally going up. So uh, to combat that, you know, I have to pick an expiration time or days to expiration where I can hold on to something. It won't be too sensitive to price, but, um, you know, if it gets to the last few days, I should, or the last like half of the option, I should have enough time for it to bounce back. Uh, for me personally, I like 21 days or somewhere anywhere around there. 21 is not a hard number. I do not wait until there's an expiration date uh, 21 days away. But 21 is the average number for me uh, because I like to go in and out of trades. I like, to, I like my triggers to trigger um, within a few days of it being open. And I like to move on to my next trade. I like to put my capital somewhere else or maybe roll the options into um, some other expiration or something. But um, given that, uh, that's why 45 days is so popular because you're looking for the 50% trigger uh, to go off with two weeks still left on the on the option. But you're not interested in those last two weeks because the gamma risk. The gamma risk as day gets closer uh, puts more risk on your portfolio, more more risk on your gains, and you don't want none of that. You don't want that smoke. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you're you're looking to um, get a longer day to expiration, um, and then have your fifty percent fifty percent trigger to pop off um, with plenty of time left, and you feel comfortable the entire trade. All right, uh, and that's about the end of the uh, topic here, and I just want to emphasize that very last point. That I brought up and it's just feeling comfortable while you're trading um, I finally found the trading style that works for me um, I get all my sleep that I ever want um, and I also uh, feel happy a lot of the time uh, just like I do in life but um, you know you don't want to sell options um, weekly or like the weekly ones right you don't want to sell options that uh, expire in seven days um, because well as fun as that might sound as as, as fun as it sounds like uh, fun like selling FDs to people on Wall Street bets that that puts you at high gamma risk too. say that you sell someone a FD call and it actually does um, go to the moon uh, you're out of your position uh, if you made that into a call credit spread 
and you sold that to someone on Wall Street Bets and it mooned, um, you just hit your max loss. <clears throat> so definitely find the date to expiration that works for you. If you are a active trader, um, a more active trader uh, like m myself where you like to put your capital in different places and uh, you don't like to be in a trade too long, um, then you know very much just start with 45 days to expiration. Observe the time it takes for it to trigger and see if you're comfortable with that. And then you know start start trimming that down if if it's if it's too long. But you need to know what 45 days feels like because it, it is really really stress free. And I think mine is stress free uh, considering it's 21 days. Um, but I don't ever try to time anything. That's that's the biggest difference. I always just end up selling a put credit spread or trying to start the wheel and selling puts right now in this bull market. Um, but really, be careful out there if you're selling options with a with very little time on them. Uh, it's very lucrative. Like it, it seems like it's very lucrative, but it's high stress, and it just really isn't worth it. Um, and I also did mention that I am more of an active trader, but I'm by no means a day trader. I, I would never consider myself a day trader. Um, I do invest, just as I mentioned, I do have stock that I'm long on. Uh, that includes Luck and Coffee, Datadog, Match, Snapchat, and Twitter. And the reason why I can take um, you know these bigger bets on selling puts um, or you know put credit spreads is not only am I bullish on the market right now, um, but I'm always willing to go long on stock. So. Um, as as far as that goes, I think uh, you know today's topic was really really insightful. Uh, it feels good just talking about it um, to you guys. Just as like I can't really talk like this to any of my friends, uh, it would just go over their heads. But uh, if you guys digest this information, uh, then by all means, please spread it around. And um, yeah, that's just my opinion on date to expiration, and I hope uh, you guys can make this concept your own. All right, this is the end of the episode. Um, next week, we'll go ahead and resume our, um, you know, th the previous episodes were like, uh, what's a put credit spread or like what's a put debit spread or what's a call credit spread, what's a naked put, what's a naked call. Uh, we're going to be resuming that uh, next week with call credit spreads. Um, and then we're finally going to get into the credit spread territory and then into the iron condor and then into the wheel. Lots of fun stuff coming. Lots of more educational stuff coming. Um, but this is the outro. Uh, so open trades and Patreon are exclusive now. Closed trades will always be visible. If you want to view my trades, they are at thetagain.com slash junie. The $20, $30, and $40 Patreon tier are all sold out. The $50 and $60 tier is available. The tier gives you a message on the site banner, also gives you a flare, and allows you to view my open trades as well as receive SMS text messages and Discord. Um, patrons also get to vote on episode topics and among other things and see due diligence just a little bit faster than everyone can listen to the next episode. Huge extended shout outs to Leo Jets Jetson, Master John Z, HP Larry, Funding Secured 69, Angry Penguin, Associate K, Hellbent 88, Moist Towelette, Whippy 123s, Dr. Buju, Anthony 511, Andrew EC, Kim L. Finkel, Mitch Brady 7, Mark James, Make More 2, Eborio Rice, Mr. Ivy, Mr. John Pitchko, PTR, The Iron Man, False Van Trader, Siriums, 
Hash Brown 441, Bearish Taint, Edad, Mike D, Monkey 48, and Samus from Great State of Texas. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Real Theta Gang. Email me at Juni at ThetaGang.com. Uh, support me at Patreon.com slash ThetaGang. Um, and lastly, ThetaGang is proudly partnered with Tastyworks and signing up with the ThetaGang referral code is a huge help. The referral code is ThetaGang, all caps, no spaces. Um, and again, if you have already signed up uh, through Tastyworks and if you think you've qualified, go ahead and email me at juniathetagang.com and let's get you set up with your perks and trial. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.